The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones, your movie review podcast found on the network exclusively at BICBP-radio.com. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Sean Fritz. And Sean, you were just telling me that before we started recording, you were rocking out to Vin Diesel's new track. So I'm assuming you're not sick. Uh... Or I should assume maybe you are sick if you're jamming out to Vin Diesel's new track. Yeah, definitely not doing that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I will tell you that uh, in the interest of staying safe uh, over these last couple months um, uh, from from being from the virus, um, Sean <laughs> not, Fritz, not Vin Diesel's music. Yeah, well, that's that's a different type of sick. Um, <laughs> that's like saying that Don Johnston was the best '80s musician ever. <laughs> Uh, no, Sean Fritz, uh, he had, um, and I haven't told you this yet, because uh, I want to keep it fresh for you. Um, so in the interest of not going to the hospital, because uh, you know, staying out away from the hospital because I, you know, assuming that, let me start over. <laughs> I have, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sure, Sean, get it out. Duh, duh, duh. So in the, uh, through the last eight months, seven, eight months, however long it's been, uh, we've all been scared of a coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, even more so after we watch Contagion. And so nobody wants to get sick. So people are hopefully masking up and, uh, you know, uh, social distancing events have been canceled. Um, unfortunately, a lot of those were comic book or comic cons that we were all planning to go to. Yeah. So uh, luckily, uh, I didn't get sick. But unfortunately, I did have to make a trip to the hospital. Oh, good Lord. What happened, dude? Uh, so ironically, I don't, I'm surprised you don't know about this yet. Uh, it's been about 10 days where I had to go to the hospital. So fun story. It's Thursday. And for in all of September, I had taken the Friday off every Friday just because I had time and, you know, nobody else decided to take those days off. Right. So I, I took Fridays off. So Thursday night, I'm out in the garage. I'm working on some cabinets because I want to put some cabinets in my laundry room. I hate those stupid wire racks that they put up. Yeah. So I'm out there, I'm cutting some, some lap joints on a one by three inch piece of wood. Now I'm cutting about a half inch off of a one inch thick board. And in my infinite wisdom, oh, luckily Lord. I was lazy and didn't put my dado stack on, but in my infinite wisdom, I put my fingers near the table saw. Oh Jesus. The blade of the table saw. Um, luckily, uh, E was here and, um, I, I, uh, I went, ow, that hurt. And I, uh, I, I looked up, looked, turned my hand over and I said, Hmm, I thought to myself, 
is this just a flesh wound? Oh, Can I geez. put a Band-Aid over it? <laughs> the answer is no. And then I immediately bled all over the, all over the, the, the garage and went inside and said, Ani, let's go. Hospital. And with that, we went to the hospital and I got, I don't know how many stitches on my uh, right hand. Of course, my dominant hand on my index, middle and ring finger. Holy shit. Yeah, they had to sew the fingertip back together because I split them pretty much down the middle. That was pretty cool. And um, they put so many sutures on, they use blue ones. So it looks like my fingertips are wearing blue hairnets. Luckily, no nerve damage, no tendon damage. The only thing that's damaged temporarily is the nail. Everything will go back together. Holy crap, dude. I know. I was like, damn, that's... Uh, <laughs> But I, I did have I did have mind enough to grab a really cool mask to wear. The, so. <laughs> You're like my hands falling off. Don't forget the mask, though, honey. Don't forget the oh, no, mask. Just, just my fingertips. Jesus. Thankfully, well, yeah, I'm glad you're all right, man. That's that's crazy. Yeah. So in this Corona pandemic, <laughs> I went to the hospital for a flesh wound. <laughs> They're like, oh, he just didn't put a bandaid on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. Uh, the, the guy and I had a pretty good back and forth that was stitching me up. I, I realized in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have been trying to make him laugh. Oh, God. <laughs> He's like, crap, was, I put that fingertip on upside down. Yeah. Oh, no, they were, they were always attached. They were just split in half. Oh, God. Although, funny story about that. My dad has an original G.I. Joe. I think he has the Navy one, the 12-inch Navy. Yeah. And... Uh, he had it restored because it was pretty beat up because they're from the what the early '60s, late '50s, something like that. Okay, and I think yeah, I think it was late '50s. No, it was early '60s because my aunt was only born in '59, and they got Barbies, the, the original Barbie, the same year. So, uh, so he had it restored, and the lady put the guy's arm, the GI Joe's arms on the op. They put it. She put his right arm on his left, and his left arm on his right, and he's like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> That so, is horrible, dude. What the oh, hell? Oh, I know. I know. Oh, God. Talk about non sequiturs, man. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Well, yeah, like I said, dude, I'm glad you're I'm glad you're good. Glad you're not sleeping with the fishes. I'm glad they didn't play the Vin Diesel song while I was sitting in the hospital. Oh. Unfortunately, Real Housewives of Who Gives a Hell, Who Gives a Shit was playing on the TV. And I was like, can we turn this dog shit off? You're like, can we put can you put a movie on? I gotta watch this movie for this podcast I do. Yeah, can I cast something from my phone? <laughs> wow, that's insane, dude. That's insane. Um, so well, that's, how are you? Yeah, I was gonna say quite a, <laughs> quite a comeback, dude. Uh, we missed a week. I was out of town. We missed a week, and so uh, we're back this week. Um, I'm good, man. I mean, we like I said, I you, while you're in the hospital, I was chilling in the Adirondacks, just kind of doing nothing. You know, kicking my feet back and relaxing. Um, were you sitting in an Adirondack chair while you were in the Adirondacks? Uh, I wish I was. I wish I was, but I was not. Uh, it was a cool little, got a little like cabin house, little gimmick. It was, it was pretty cool. Chilled out there for a few days. Came back home. Wait, you were in a gimmick house? Did it like fall apart when you banged when you bumped into the wall? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it's, it's, a, it's the easy breaks. Easy oh, break. Okay. Yeah, it was pre-scored. Um, but yeah, we, uh, you know, just chilled out there for a few days. Came back and. Went right back to work, you know. I, well, I took an extra day off, and then I went to work, and then immediately felt like I needed a vacation again. 
I don't know, that's, dude. That's this this work, yeah, this working stuff's for the birds, man. I don't know what that's about, but I can't keep doing it. I'm not going to do it anymore. Do you remember? Do you remember that commercial? Um, it was like a an E Trade commercial or something from years ago, where this guy was, uh, gra- this kid was graduating college, and his parents said, "Well, what are you going to do next?" It's like, well, that's first of all, that's this is. This is fiction because no parent says, what are you going to do next after you graduate college? Right. They say, get a, get a damn job. Or why don't you already have a job? Um, what they say is, uh, or what he said was, um, the parent asked him, what are you going to do next? He says, I think I'm going to look into retirement, join a country club, and just play golf for the rest of my days. Like he was skipping the work part of the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Why can't we do that, man? I don't know. Uh, these gimmicks in the mail, they call bills, I think. Yeah. Unfortunately, somebody, somebody yeah. convinced us we have to pay him. Somebody says so. I mean, but if you don't make money, then therefore you don't have to pay taxes on the money you didn't make. See, you're, you're saving the less you make. It's like they're begging us not to work. That's what I'm telling you. I'm going to figure it out. I'll figure it out at some point. Maybe, maybe make it be- so that the podcast is all we do. Yeah. And our listeners are begging us to get to the damn point. <laughs> like, Jesus, what's the movie already? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, we're anyway. not doing one today. It's just chit chat. Yeah. Fireside no, yeah. chat. This is this is just catch up. Uh, mustard comes later. Anyway. All right. We're getting into our movie um, this week. We watch. Oh, man, I was so happy to do this. I'm glad we picked this one because when I as I started watching this again, I just remember feeling I remember this. I only seen it a couple times before. Not like I've not like you know other mob movies, but this one uh, was one that I, I wanted to revisit for sure. And the movie we watched this week was Goodfellas. Never ride on your friends, and always keep your mouth shut. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Hey, mom, what do you think? You look like a gangster. I know I'd By the time I grew up, there was $30 billion a year in cargo moving through Idlewild Airport. And believe me, we tried to steal every bit of it. What do you do? I'm in construction. <laughs> He's not Jewish. Mazel tov. For most of the guys, killings got to be accepted. Hey, Henry. Here's an arm. Very funny, guys. Here's a leg. Here's a wing. <laughs> what do you like, the leg or the wing? you. to live any other way was nuts <laughs> and we were treated like movie stars with muscle we had it all just for the asking it's gonna be a good summer <laughs> it was a glorious time in a world that's powered by violence on the streets where the violent have power a new generation carries on an old tradition You, you said you had not seen this before. Like, this is your first time seeing it. Yeah, this was this was number one. Did you know it was based on a true story? Did you know this ahead of time? Uh, I did when it got to the voiceover. <laughs> like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, um, isn't that neat? Dude, what did you... So, before we... Because I, I don't want to dive too far into it, because we obviously give our thoughts about it as we go, and then at the end of the show... But was it was it what you expected? Was it better than you expected? Were you thinking, I don't know why everyone likes this movie? What's what was your your overall? So I'm glad that I didn't see this movie when 
you know, when I was younger, because not only would I have not appreciated it, the level of, you know, actors and acting and action and influence that this movie has propagated throughout pop culture and movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that I would have cared about the story as much or the characters uh, or been as attentive to it. I mean, it, it's, you know, I, I didn't know it was a true story. I really like movies like that. Obviously, it's a little bit more embellished mm-hmm. because it is based on a true story. But, you know, the this got me thinking, you know, it, this is based on the Lufthansa heist. Oh, yeah. Make, yeah, that, that, take, that takes place during this era. Yeah. Will that, would this have spurned a, or spurred a D.B. Cooper type movie or is there still too much you know, mystery surrounding all of that, that it's, I think it's still an active and ongoing investigation Mm -hmm. or at least it was reopened. So is is that something that Marty will, will consider doing in the future? I don't know. Marty likes his, his, his crime movies, right? He does like these, these types of movies, a lot of mob movies. He's totally into that. And and I'm good with that. I mean, I will, you know, I haven't seen his new one, the, uh, with the Irishman. Yeah, I haven't either, and I hear it's just like an inside joke. Like after after I bought this on Amazon and went, you know, did uh, did a search for Google, uh, Google uh, for uh, Goodfellas Wikipedia, mm-hmm. I got in my Google feed story after story after Goodfellas influenced this. <laughs> all the you know, and you look at one, you're like, okay, yeah, that's pretty obvious. Thanks for the clickbait article. There's your click. Yeah. Three cents to you, uh, but then there was there's like a, you know embedded ads and and oh if you like this you might like that, where it's like every reference within the Irishman to Goodfellas. I'm like, all right, I don't really need to read that. A, I haven't read or, I, or read yeah right. I haven't watched <laughs> the Irishman. I don't have three days to commit to that. Right, it's long, isn't it? It's like four hours or something. Yeah, and when it first came out, people were like, oh, it's so damn long. Apparently, someone put out that there's there's timestamps that you can now pause the movie and come back to it later, like to make it episodic. I'm like, well, that's, that's a lot of work. Really? Yeah. Someone figured it out. I'm like, all right, well you just wait till a scene cuts over to another scene. Yeah. That's, just stop there. Yeah. A, a natural yeah. break in, in progression. Yeah. But you, I haven't you, watched it yet. Are you a fan of mob movies? Do you, are, you know, are you a fan of this type, this, this genre? Yes. They have to be easy to follow. I mean, you could almost consider Roadhouse a mob movie. Yeah, we did say that. It is almost like the dude was a you know a mob dude running. Yeah, the he town. owned the town. That's kind of the mob. I mean, he ran everyone. Everything. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. I like movies that are more less mob and more heist, like The Score, which is a great De Niro movie, and Ed Norton. Yeah. Um, uh, the Heist came out the same year, which is odd and ironic. Uh, with Gene Hackman, and um, it's 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 a lot like uh, what Deep Impact and Armageddon came mm-hmm. out the same year. Yeah, completely different everything, but same relatively same plot. Um, we should do a double feature on those movies. Then we'll do a double feature on uh, Friday the Thirteenth and The Burning. Ooh, is that the same? Oh, you've never seen the, it's an old school B movie, uh, horror movie, The Burning, but it's actually pretty good in terms of, you know, uh, those types of movies. And I think they were filmed around the same time and released around the same time. There was always questions as to who was borrowing from what, uh, uh. 
but it's got a very very young um george costanza in the film oh boy. what's his name i can't remember his real name right now jason alexander yeah jason alexander it's entertaining. I mean, if you're into horror movies or into the, the you know B slasher flicks, it's definitely an entertaining film. And a, and a cool piece of trivia is it was filmed around here. Huh. Um, I do like the movies that also include, you know, like like De Niro is really good, you know, just in general. And I'm, I don't want to get into the acting, but you know, like he was great in the score. He played a very similar type of character mm-hmm. uh, in that he doesn't take shit from anybody. If he's burned, he's burned. Um, but yeah, and, and very cunning and conniving and, and semi-manipulative. Um, and maybe it's just the acting traits that I like. But, man, you know, Heat is also really good. You know, it's more of a oh, heist yeah. movie than, a good one. you know, and, and, and also another another great cast, amazing performances. But, um, you know, it's I, I think it might be the actors that make the movie, obviously. Um, so it. But uh, yeah, I like I like heist movies where the you know I love the details. So if you have more details and it makes more sense, like that show that they had where they were going to rob a bank and plan it throughout the first season, a couple of years back, I think Bill okay. Bellamy was in it. Yeah, I was all in on that, and then they canceled it after like halfway through the first season. So it's like, all right, well that sucks. <laughs> I hate when they do stuff like that, man. I really do. But yeah, mob movies, dude. I've always loved mob movies. Um, ever since I was a kid and the first time I saw Godfather, I was sold. Uh, and I've always just been kind of fascinated with the mob, the American mafia, uh, yeah. the history it, of it, it. You know what I mean? It's a fantasy world. You don't understand it, but it, it shows it in such high regard. It puts it almost on a pedestal of sorts. Yeah. And says, this is what the, you know, it, it for lack of a better term, this is the American dream to come from another country, build yourself up from nothing, and run the show. Yeah. You could do that in a business, too. Yeah. A legitimate business. Yep. Where you're not, you know, the threat of killing people or being killed isn't over your shoulder all the time. Right. Right. Who, who, it, it, I've always been fascinated by that, too. This, this meant, this kind of, just acceptance to kind of say, okay, I want to, I want to actively be a part of this lifestyle in which I have to look over my shoulder all the time. It's a little, it's, 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 I don't know. It's fascinating when you, when you start thinking about the kind of people that really, you know, go for something like that. But Goodfellas, dude, like we said before, is based on a true story uh, this, of, of a gangster or wannabe gangster, Henry Hill. And uh, and and how he got involved in the in the Gambino families in, in 1970, the crew in in this life of crime. So uh, yeah, let's get into that. Let's get into the plot. Like I said, Henry Hill. Uh, wannabe gangster and he says it immediately in the opening of the film which i always loved that opening of the film uh, i always like films that do that what like this one you know they're in the car you hear the banging from the trunk they pull over you know and they start the, and they they stab the shit out of the guy in the in the in the trunk all of a sudden he slams the trunk and then it does that freeze frame right and then here comes the voiceover then we go all the way to the past we see some flashback we do this that we go through a whole other part of the movie and then later on in the movie, the first scene comes back again. You know what I mean? I love those things. You can see Quentin Tarantino's influence, or you can see the influence of Quentin Tarantino. You can see in Pulp Fiction and every other, yeah. most every other Quentin Tarantino movie all over this movie. Yes, easily. It's very stylized, this film. 
Um, but it's it's great, dude. I mean, so overall, okay, okay uh, the plot is these gangsters and we're following this crew. And like you said originally in the beginning of the show as well, that it focuses on some of their bigger crimes. One of them being the Luf- the Lufthansa. How do you say that? Lufthansa? Lufthansa. Lufthansa. Yeah. The, German. The, the heist. It was a big, a huge heist in which, you know, the crime, we, f- we find out how they went about and did it, but they stole, they stole all this money that comes in from out of the country, right? It's this kind of, it, it comes into JFK and it gets, um, what do you call it? Ch- changed over to American money. I can't remember what how it worked out, but they knew a guy on the inside, and this this is a big deal, right? Like like it was news, big time news at the time. Yeah, I wasn't alive, so I can't tell you for sure, but yes. But yeah, so um, it basically follows his life, his his kind of you know high role in life during this time uh he ends up unfortunately you know getting really messed up on cocaine for a while and we just see him go downhill he gets popped uh by the cops um and goes into witness protection like it's a it's a it's it's like you said earlier it's a meaty film it's real thick there's a lot happening in this film but it's it's straight up 1970s gangster film yeah and and there's just so much it's the plot is so dense. We, I mean, Wikipedia does it in a couple paragraphs, <laughs> right? I was like, there's some movies we see. It's like five pages long when they it's write the, the whole plot script. Out. Yeah, this yeah. is like l- nice and concise, but it's it's definitely it, more than what we see here. There are a ton of like there's you know traditionally with a movie there's a an A plot and a B plot in the whole movie, you know, with through lines. Mm-hmm. But then in each act, one, two, and three, there's usually an A and a B plot. And, you know, the the A and B of each scene, there's a through line for each A scene, for each act, or for each A, a plot and, and B plot, there's a through line as well. And, and there's, I don't know, there's a ton of them. And, man, oh, man, it's, it's two hours, what, 25? Yeah. Two hours, 30? Yeah, yeah. 145 minutes, 225. And, and it's, it's dense, but you know, there's not a lot that you can cut out if you even could. I I think that there's stuff that was cut out. I I can't remember what, but I think there was one or two things that were, that were uh, like all of a sudden there was a leap of logic somewhere. I'm like, what, where something happened here? We didn't get seen or told. Yeah. But you know, and just to cut it down to two hours, 25. But yeah, it's dense. I mean, there's a lot going on. There's you know the family life. There's the the life life, mm-hmm. you know, the mob life. There's you know just all these different things. There's just so much, so dense, so many people, and oh, there's a lot. Yeah, it's an it's definitely uh, it's it's a big one. Um, but it wasn't exhausting like Uncut Gems. No, so yeah, with Uncut Gems, it's definitely a different, like, frenetic feel to it that really kind of, like, you know, frayed your nerves. This is just it, it was, it was a different kind of exhausting in terms of like it's a whirlwind of going through this this era, this lifestyle, these people, and and just there were a lot of different moments in this film when things came out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like you weren't expecting someone to get shot or 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 hit, and and added it was it's that kind of just kind of throws you off in that, that regard. It wasn't like, like I said, like you said, it's not like uh, uncut gems. That was just very kind of nerve, nerve wracking. Yeah. And, and I think honestly, now that you mentioned that, that it's just a whirlwind, it's sweeping, it sweeps you up. It, it, you know, the, the intention there 
my best guess is that that's supposed to make you feel the way Henry felt when he started working for all these guys and didn't want to disappoint and mm-hmm. started making all this money at age whatever and you know getting what he wants because they shake down the mailman and you know everything else so it's you know I, I think it there's there's an intention of of tone and feeling by the view of the viewer to feel the way Henry felt to sweep him up into this lifestyle yeah I like I, I like when you said that that reminded me of that scene when they uh they beat the crap out of the mailman you're not delivering so anything funny. to this house again the mom had to go and complain to the post office that mail wasn't coming to the house Oh, that's oh, it's, it, so it, it's so funny like your intentions are good and then they come back to bite you at some time they fuck you in the drive-thru chris yes wrong movie exactly um so yeah it's it, it is a thick plot it, it is it's a gangster movie it's 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 part history you know it's part heist um but man what a, what a film overall uh, you know it, just the the entire packaging from beginning to end by the time i was done watching it again i was just like man i love that can i hit play again um, a big you part can. of that, though, a big part of that is the actors. Dude, like, we said this right before we started recording. This is probably going to be our longest segment here, is the, the cast, because holy crap, the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, start out with Robert De Niro plays jimmy conway i mean de niro for me is always going to be one of those actors that you can't change my mind he's one of the greats man he's done it all you know he's done the gangsters he's done that cold-blooded thing he's done the the sports hero uh and he's he's done comedy but but his for me his iconic he's just he is a mob guy right like anytime you see de niro it's almost like oh that's a mafia guy i mean he looks the part he plays the part i I, obviously i mean up until Maybe mid two thousands. He ta- he takes the part seriously. Yeah, um, I'm talking. To, I'm talking to you. The th- second or third Meet the Parents movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci again. Another one of the great actors. This dude's awesome. Every movie I've seen him in, I love. Um, Home Alone. Yeah, obviously, dude. Right? Like that's an iconic role in in and of itself. It's it's pop culture. Home, Home Alone. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. Home Alone. Is Joe Pesci trying to be Tommy DeVito, but not being able to curse? Yes, exactly. It's it's exactly what it was. It was watching this dude that you've seen in gangster films before, uh, and then all of a sudden he's reduced to this fricka 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 the whole yeah, entire yeah. film. He's, you know what he is? He's like Wolverine from X Men the animated series, where he's not allowed to call him anything more than like a sucking piece of gutter trash. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you've ever watched, like, there's a there's a clip. I think Honest Trailers did something of the X Men cartoon, and it was like, here's Wolverine trying to curse. Come on, you egg sucking yellow. That's awesome. Um, let's see, Ray Liotta. He's another I mean, really really good actor. Um, I great great in the Chantix commercials. <laughs> the, the the thing about Ray Liotta though. For me, he seemed kind, of, and I think maybe that was the point. Like all of these other guys looked like mob guys, and he was kind of the outsider because he doesn't—he's not Italian. He doesn't come, you know. He's even Henry Hill's not Italian or not full well, they made, Italian. They made reference to that when Tommy was getting made that he was um, that he was um, Irish. Yeah, he's part, part at Irish. least part Irish. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so he had so he had that look right, and then I think that's the point too, uh, because at the beginning of the film, you know, the, the voiceover it, he says it, it it's it's the statement that starts the movie. You know, ever since I can remember, I wanted to be a gangster, and it the entire rest of the film is this kid that doesn't quite look like he should fit, or this guy in 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 this mob. But he wants to be, and he's he's dressing the parties, acting the parties, rubbing elbows with them. You know what I mean? So, Leota, I think is is great in terms of casting because it it fits the idea of what was happening here. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and I think this kind of solidified Ray Leota as that you know mobster, gangster adjacent kind of guy. Yeah, uh, that he would do what he needs to do, and and he's a good loyal loyal soldier. Um, you know, and in just looking at his, here's all about Ray Liotta on Wikipedia. I mean, he's in a ton of stuff that you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, just before this, he was Shoeless Joe Jackson in, what, two scenes Field of, of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Yeah. Um, you know, he was in Copland. He was in Hannibal. He was in yep. Blow. Um, you know, John Q, which is a great Denzel movie. Mm-hmm. Um, of Killing Them Softly, which is, uh, was that a Quentin movie? Uh, I, don't I don't think so. No, I don't believe so. Um, and he also voiced Tommy Versetti in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. I still think one of the best ones. Nice. And he basically plays Henry Hill, <laughs> a, a combination of Henry Hill and uh, you know and Jimmy Conway. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Moving on, Lorraine Bracco. Uh, I know her best. I mean, aside from being Henry Hill's wife in the film, uh, she's the 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 therapist that Tony Soprano goes to see in The Sopranos. Um, but she's been in all kinds of movies herself. She's won all kinds of awards for her acting. She's a she's a pretty good actress herself. Uh, Paul Sorvino. So I, I like. I think half this cast was in The Sopranos, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. This movie is like the who's who of mob TV show and movie actors. Like like Scorsese just said, we're just gonna have every. It worked before with all these other films. Let's just use them and tell different stories. You know, same people. But Paul Servino's, you know, been in all kinds of stuff. Uh, but I didn't know this. Did you know he's an opera singer or was? I don't know if he's still alive. Is he? He's, no. Yes. In a in a twist of fate, he's still alive. Chris. Eighty-one years old, bro. The dude's eighty-one years old. He's also a sculptor. Imagine those big bear mitts sculpt, sculpting something that's not somebody's neck. No, he's the father of actor Mira Sorvino and Michael Sorvino. That makes sense. That's why he's got that last sense, name, yeah. huh? Um, well, that's why they have that last name. Exactly. Uh, let's see who else is on here. That's big, big names. Uh, Michael Starr. So when I saw Michael Starr, do you remember? Do you remember what else he's in? Um, WCW or Dumb and Mike Awesome, Dumb and Dumber. He's the Hitman, the Gas Man. Remember Jeez. where he's got the he's got the 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 acid reflux when he eats the the hot peppers and stuff. <laughs> it has been so long since I've seen that movie. The movie's amazing. Uh, well, he was in The Last Dragon. Yeah. Uh, the Money Pit, another Tom mm-hmm. Hanks vehicle. Uh, let's see here. Oh, he was in Hot Paint. That's an interesting name of a movie. Mm, damn. This guy's in uh, Uncle Buck. That's a good movie. Blue Steel. Goodfellas. I didn't. I bet you didn't know he was in Goodfellas. No, nah, no, nah, that, that one skipped me. The the $10 million getaway where he played Robert Frenchie McMahon. I wonder what that's about. That's funny because uh, his character's name in Goodfellas was Frenchie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he's in Ed Wood. Yeah. This guy's been in a... He's, he's definitely a character actor, um, obviously, because he 
everybody is, but you know, he's one of those guys like, Oh yeah, it's that guy from that thing that I saw the other day. Yeah. Uh, let's see who, Oh, uh, Scorsese's mom and father were in this film. Tommy mm-hmm. DeVito's mother is, is his, is Martin Scorsese's mother, Catherine Scorsese. Yeah. I saw that. Uh, I think I saw that first in the credits and that made me laugh that, but you know, I'm not surprised that, that he would put that he would, you know, it's no different than Rob Reiner putting his mom in, uh, when Harry met Sally. Yeah. And almost cut her from the movie. The most memorable line of the movie. What was that? I'll have what she's having. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. I did not know that. I did not know that was who that was. Now you know. Kevin Corrigan. Uh, I remember him from Grounded for Life. You ever see that show? I haven't. He's also in um, Superbad. The Departed. And Superbad. The Departed. What's that? Mm-hmm. The Departed. Yeah. That's a good movie. Who else is have in you ever this? Seen it? Michael Imperioli. I know him from The Sopranos. He played Christopher on The Sopranos. Jeez, why don't they just call The Sopranos Goodfellas too? Right. Goodfellas the series. How about that scene, right? This is this is the scene. Uh, he plays that guy Spider who uh, was was bringing Tommy the, the coffee or something or the drink and or he didn't bring him the drink or some shit. And he, he says dance and ends up shooting him in, in the toe. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that, that guy, I mean, he's super familiar too. And, yeah, he's got, oh, uh, he was in Bad Boys. Yep. He played Jojo the Snitch. I didn't realize that. Huh. Remember the guy they go to? And uh, we watched the second one, didn't we? Yeah, we saw the second one. Mm. I don't think they they ta- they referenced JoJo, but they didn't. Uh, I don't think they actually went to him. I'm sure at some point we're going to see the other one. Uh, Ileana Douglas is in this. I've seen her in all kinds of things, but I always remember her from um, the the movie with Kevin Bacon. What's that one? Uh, That's everybody, Chris. Do you know which one I'm talking about? It's it's the one where, um, geez, why can't I think of it right now? It's driving me absolutely nuts. You're going to have to give me a little bit more than that movie with Kevin Bacon. It's about, I see, I don't want to say what happens because if you've never seen it, I don't want to, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, like, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, it's about that movie about that thing. And if you say what the thing is, it's like it kind of gives away the movie. Um, Stir of Echoes. Sorry. Did you see Stir of Echoes? I haven't. Ah, see, I'm glad I didn't say it then because that would have ruined the movie for you. Uh, but she's well, she's in that. She plays kind of like these, one of these uh, people who she, she hypnotizes people and does stuff like that, regress their uh, memories and stuff. Well, she's also in a mo- another movie with a big twist, uh, Cape Fear. Oh, with, yes. Uh, That's Edward right. Norton. She is in that movie. Did you say Edward Norton? Yeah, isn't that Edward, isn't that Edward Norton? No, it's Robert De Niro, dude. Oh, yeah. It's another Marty Scorsese movie. Yeah. What, which one am I thinking of then? I don't know. Um, the one with um, the guy from Pretty Woman, Richard Gere. The, the first movie where he's... Uh, where he's oh, in the courtroom. Dude, that was the one movie that made me see uh, Edward Norton as like, holy cow, this guy's a good actor. When he when he started flipping back and forth from those personalities, like his literal face changes. It's so spoiler, good. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Exactly, exactly. Jeez, dude. Uh, Tony Sirico. Uh, again, I know him better from The Sopranos as Pauly. But how about seeing Samuel L, bro? Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Samuel L. Showing up in this film. I forgot he was in it. When I saw him, I was like, holy crap, that's right. When he walked across the screen, I'm like, hey, is that? And and E watched this with me because I I told her we were going to watch this. And she's like, oh, I want to watch that with you because she's never seen it either. Okay. And she's like, oh. 
or, or she's like, oh, that's a good movie. But that's her thoughts on it. Um, <laughs> stay tuned for my thoughts. Uh, uh, but but she's like, she's like, I, I, she's like, who's that? I was like, that's the guy that plays Nick Fury. She's like, oh, yeah, I think that is him. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Are you, are you kidding me? Um, and then I also saw. So it's funny because if you look at at the uh, at, at the Wikipedia, it says Vinny Pastore, Vincent Pastore's is is one of the actors too. But his role was man with coat rack. Hmm. I felt like he had a bigger role. I can't remember now. But yeah, Vin, uh, um, Vincent Pastore's the guy that played Sal Big Pussy uh, on on The Sopranos. You're right, dude. It's like everybody that's ever been in either The Godfather or The Sopranos is in this film. They they bring with them that that gravitas. It makes it believable straight away. Right away, right away. Um, uh, that movie that I was looking for is called Primal Fear, not Cape Fear. Ah, there you go. Um, Big difference. All right, let's. Do you, you have anything else about the actors that were in this film? Overall, dude, if you ask me, top notch acting on everyone in this film. Loved it. Absolutely. I mean, I'm in immediately. Even when you see these actors popping up, you're like, oh, hey, it's so and so. It's you don't. You're not stuck on that. Immediately, immediately, you're back into the character and the storyline. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I mean, there's just a couple other people that that were um that we just didn't mention. Uh, Tobin Bell, who's in, seems like he's in everything. Um, he played the parole officer, so not a big. Uh, oh, not a big uh, what's his name from Saw? Thing. Jigsaw. Yeah, that's who that is. That's exactly who that is. That's awesome. I did not realize that's who he was. He's the parole officer. Okay. Well, and in Saw, he looks more like he does now. Yeah. Compared to, you know, nineteen ninety. True. 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 But yeah, that, that's that's probably the the only uh, Vincent Gallo. He's in it too. Vinny Gallo, what has he done? Um, I don't think I've seen any of his it, stuff aside from this. The name is so familiar, though. Now that I, geez, now now I feel like a way to question me, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, dude. It's all good. Um, well, he was in Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. And, there um, you go. He's. I mean, he's been in a bunch of stuff, but I, uh, <laughs> I don't recognize any of these other. Geez, these are all like uh, all indie films. These are all like straight to, straight to streaming, straight to VHS. I was just say you can't say straight to video anymore because that doesn't really work. Oh, Chris, he's got songs too. Oh, here we go. I'm going to tell Anthony he's going to have to do a vinyl divers <laughs> on this guy. Uh, and and the irony is that his al- his one album from 2001 is called So Sad. <laughs> That's horrible. That's the second you put it on the turntable, a cloud just forms over top of your head and rain starts coming down. <laughs> Nice. Speaking of music, dude, let's get into the soundtrack of this film. Because for me, it it's always, when it comes to gangster films, when it comes to these these kinds of films, especially when there are certain eras like the seventies, oh, and the fifties, because a lot of it there's a lot of flashback from when he was younger, and a lot of it takes place over the fifties, and, and you know, um, the soundtrack's important. It really is. It, it makes it so that. It's gonna feel real if it, you know what I mean. If you if you pick the right music and the right songs that kind of encompass an era or a time, uh, it's gonna it's just gonna make that film that much better. It's harder to pull off if if you've got music that's not kind of fitting. And for me, I feel like Scorsese always kills it. He already knows what he's doing when he when he puts together a soundtrack. And this this soundtrack is just a killer killer soundtrack. Well, and even that, I mean, they they also have time appropriate 
landmarks like the Copa. Mm. Oh, they didn't go to Studio 54 because what the hell is Studio 54 in 1964 or 65? Um, One person we didn't mention just a moment ago was Henny Youngman, uh, who was an old time big band. Yeah, the comedian. uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like the pre Don Rickles when that was, quote, normal, Mm -hmm. not just accepted. Uh, But yeah, it's. uh, that that lends itself to a lot of um, continuity. Yeah, there's a lot of so this the main soundtrack itself. If you went out and bought it, is only 12, 12 songs. But the actual uh, movie has so many clips and and you know songs that aren't featured on the soundtrack, and it's legit like a, a just kind of a a stroll down nineteen fifties sixties memory lane with all the kind of. You know, Tony Bennett's on here, the Cadillacs, Billy Ward and the Dominoes, Chantel's, Bobby Darren, Cream, Sunshine of Your Love. I mean, Derek and the Dominoes, the the Layla piano, the piano version of Layla. It's it's so like, I don't know, man. It's for me. I love it. I absolutely love when you get like this kind of a soundtrack or this kind of music in the film. Like I said, it just it just fits. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree at all. I mean, the the music is great. The interludes are are perfect. You know, they they invoke the proper tone. Mm-hmm. You know, when Spider gets killed, when you know when they're stabbing, what's his name? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and, and just everything that um, you know, every everything that that they talk about. Uh, Billy Bats is who uh, the name I couldn't think of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the 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 sound just like any good movie. Like uh, just like in uh, Blade Runner, evokes that proper emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, no different than in Pulp Fiction too. You know, it, it, you know when when she puts on Dusty Springfield and starts dancing around, and he's in the bathroom. You know, in Pulp Fiction, John Travolta is talking about that moral dilemma. Uh, you know, it, and, and you hear it muffled, and then you go back, cut back to Uma Thurman dancing around, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, it's so calming and peaceful, and then record scratch and you know what happens right after that uh you know it just evokes that same feeling of this is how i should feel because this is the the mood of the room as well right and i think whenever we see like when they do stuff like that they put specific songs to what we're seeing on the film especially in this in this regard goodfellas or gangster films when they use these kinds of 50s and 60s songs that are typically you know more upbeat you know what i mean it's 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 the it's 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 like the doo-wop or whatever it's an it's a nice feeling song but what you're visually seeing is someone getting stabbed or murdered or beaten down you know what i mean it's like this juxtaposition that just it ingrains it even more i think and so i think that's what it does in terms because you were saying how like i was saying earlier uh, i said earlier that it's it's crazy to think about how people just kind of decide i want to be a part of this lifestyle knowing what they're getting into and you said something along the lines of the way it's kind of romanticized, right? Because it's not as great as a lot of movies make it seem. But I feel like this is what helps romanticize it, right? Because you're seeing this dude getting beaten down uh, in the bar, while while there's there's a you know a, a song that's playing in a 1950s Donovan song playing in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the irony and the like you said the juxtaposition of the two. You know the calming of the you know the calming and the, the the just the happiness of the song and the you know the brutality that we're physic that we're visually looking at is uh, is just kind of 
it's it's just a perfect pairing in in a lot of cases yeah it's no different than like a really tense serious scene that you would then have to immediately have that comedic the, the next scene has to be that comedy relief yeah yeah overall though killer they just marry them together killer soundtrack dude killer if you want to take a look at it on wikipedia they have the complete song list in chronological order as it's used in the movie and it kind of tells you also what scenes are, are going on while you're listening so like here's here's an example when henry's mailman is being threatened and, and hit uh the song heart of stone by otis williams and the charms is playing you know what i mean it's got the, it's because it's the era while this stuff's happening and it's i don't know i just i loved it i thought it was so 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 good and beautifully curated music i feel like scorsese just knocked it out of the park yeah i i would agree wholeheartedly um special effects I mean, nothing. Everything that we saw in terms of special effects obviously was practical. I didn't see, but but it, you know, it's it, the special effects when you're talking about a gangster movie is maybe explosions and and like blood, really, right? The shootings, the blood, what it looks like when someone's beaten up. But they're all practical. Yes, I mean, it, you get stabbed; it's a blood bag, typically. Yep. So I mean, you know, and it was accurate in I guess the way blood would pool and. You know, if you cut yourself, you know, if you got stabbed, you're, you know, the, it, you know, it would seep into your shirt or, yeah. you know, what, whatever the case may be, you tear open stitches if they're on your side and you've been, you know, tagging somebody in the face with your hand. Yeah. You know, it, it's going to tear that open at some point. Exactly. The, the more you exert, the more, you know, the more, the higher the possibility. Yeah, I think I mean so. it's not. This isn't his first rodeo, right? He's he's had, uh, and I'm talking about Scorsese. He's had a lot of, you know, practice by the time he's putting Goodfellas out in doing, you know, mob movies and gangster films and and of that sort. So it's not gonna. It looks great. It does. It looks great. You know, there's nothing in this film where it looked fake and brought you out of the film. It's very 70s, um, 50s and 70s. The, both eras, they felt they looked good, but it. You know, the special effects, the makeup artists, they did really well in terms of, you know, the blood, anything that looked gore, anything that looked like someone was beat up. It didn't look fake. Do you know what I mean? Because there's sometimes you see somebody on fan and you're and you're like, how did this even get past, you know, producers and get up to the screen? But you'll see them with like a black eye and it looks nonsense. It looks like some something that we didn't when, you know, you're just friends just trying to mess around and make it look like you have a black eye. So you put, you know, put some stuff all over. Your, you know what I mean? That's what it didn't. It doesn't look. It's like using a ketchup packet for blood. Yes, it's it's that just kind of generic feel. Whereas this, everything in this film just looked great. Even when he was like, think about when he was all strung out on cocaine. Like, Leota looked like he was strung out on cocaine. Oh my goodness, that that physical transformation was like I had to I I when I saw it, I said that looks accurate. That looks like someone who is, and the, you know, and then the the helicopter and the paranoia and all that stuff. You know, all that went. Perfect. I mean, somebody did their research. How? Why? Don't know. Uh, I can I can speculate, mm-hmm. but you know, it's uh, it, it was from what I gather very uh, real to life, very very accurate, and and the physical, the mental, you know, the paranoia, the running around. The I got twenty minutes to do. You know, it's like Winston Wolf. It's thirty minutes away. I'll be there in ten. He's like, I got you know six hours worth of work to do in the next twenty minutes. I could do this. Yeah. 
Exactly. It was uh it was rough, but it looked great. It it was very believable and, you know, like I said, didn't look nonsense. It didn't look like he's throwing some baking powder on his face, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um but yeah, in terms of special effects or makeup arts or however we want to look at this, I think again, top. I didn't think that there was anything that threw me or took me out of the film. Not at all. And and I think the film was also uh either dark, you know, the film was either you know, underexposed, so it was a little darker, uh-huh. or it was mo- mainly evening um, and darker shots, uh, be it indoors where you can control the lighting, yeah. or some of it was daytime, but not not a lot of it. I mean, mainly is when when him and Karen were you know going back and forth and having spa- you know lovers quarrels and yeah. such, but a lot of it was indoors, and you know, and, and where the lighting could be controlled or or where it was darker in some bars, so that a lot of that stuff could be easier to pull off. Yeah, exactly. Good call. Dude, let's get into the film itself in terms of like, what were some of your favorite scenes or, or parts of the film? Oh man. I mean, just the whole movie is, the movie is just so dense and you know, there, there's so much. Um, I mean, I did enjoy just the, the overall layout of the film, the way it was shown and told. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that narration. Um, you know, yeah. Narration, the, if the, it's done right, doesn't come across like they're trying to force feed you the story completely. If it's done right, it can tell you so like, much more of what you're supposed to know and background and what's happening with the film and actually propel the film forward. Unlike Blade Runner, yeah, voiceover, exactly. Right? Thank God they took that out. Uh, oh my goodness! But yeah, so it's it's when it's done right, it's done. It's it's awesome. And you're right. In this film, I thought it's, it was so good because. For people who maybe this is your first time watching a gangster film or, or, or a mob film, you know, there's things you're not going to understand or what they're referencing or what that means. So the fact that, he, that he's taking the time to explain certain things of the life, you know, it's it helps the story. It enhances it. And again, it also adds kind of like this um, this realism to it. Right. It's more authentic. Well, and and also on top of that, you know, the the narration, we come to find out that it's you know, the whole movie is effectively being narrated. You know, I like when they weave in and out of the voiceover narration Mm -hmm. and then it goes right into, and it weaves perfectly into, let's call it live action where you actually see what happened, those, those pivotal points. And are you, and and at the end when he breaks, he steps off the the stand and breaks the fourth wall, you know, it kind of makes you think, is he telling us this, uh, this story while he's on the stand? Is he telling us this story? Is he reliving it in his mind and telling us how much he's no longer, um, you know, in uh, in the you know uh, in the mob, but he's now in a new prison of not being in the mob because he was in for so long and loved it. Because now he's he's got to live you know, the life of a normal guy, which is like horrifying to him. Did you notice that toward the very end, where they played the the bar like the prison bars closing sound effect? Yeah. Where he's basically like, yeah, I'm not. I'm in a new type of prison, one without the yeah, mob. I'm an average nobody, he says. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, dude, one of them. Oh, let me ask you this: Did it throw you off when it went from his narration to uh, Karen? All of a sudden, she started narrating. When was that? Do you, that was the first that time that? she she laid eyes on Henry Hill. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I kind of figured that that was that that was uh, like a reflective inner monologue. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It was, I thought it was kind of cool too. Cause I, I had forgotten they did that when that happened. I was like, Oh, that's right. That, that does happen. Um, I guess the, one of the most iconic scenes of all time, and, and honestly is is a favorite one of mine, is that uh, you think I'm funny scene? You know, what, like a clown? Oh, yeah. Um, and how good yeah. is that, too? Because we already know how volatile Tommy DeVito is. You know, he But not to the degree that he becomes. Right, right. Yo, exactly. But, you know, we are, we already saw the, the opening where he just starts stabbing the shit out of that guy. So when this happens, right, um, you start going like, whoa, just wait a second. And if you've never seen the film, it's like you're not sure what's going to happen. Is he going to hit him? Is he going to shoot him? And I watched it with Anthony. Anthony was watching with me. And I'd seen it already, oh so I knew what was going to happen. Anthony didn't, and he was so like, like was he scared? He he was he was like on edge. He was his eyes were widening. Like oh shit, what's gonna happen right now? <laughs> the only thing missing would have been if you played that that like demonic laugh that he hates so much <laughs> and videoed it. That'd have been awesome. That would have been awesome. But it was great, dude. I I mean, that's one of the most iconic scenes, and I've always loved that scene. I love the opening, like I said at the beginning of the show, that slamming of the trunk, freeze frame, and all of a sudden the narration starts. That, to me, is always an iconic part of the film as well. Uh, But overall, there's so many scenes, and like you said, it's such a, a dense and intense movie that... There's so many parts and scenes that I love. I just thought it's it's like wow, this is so well told and so well done. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I mean, there's just the whole movie is really good, and you know the relationships are believable between everybody, mm-hmm. and you know you, you slowly start to see people either unravel or or you know their their true personality come out, and then you know we know what happens to some people uh, because of it, but. It's it's just a very interesting, very I think very believable character study as well. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. I think there's so many pieces of this movie, dude. There's a scene. Do you remember when uh, when they're going to the Copa and they go through the back? And so it's all one yeah, shot. Like, there's no yeah. cuts. It's one straight tracking shot where he goes from the back, goes through you know the, the stairs, this a little hallway. Hey, hello to the so and so. Then he's going through the kitchen and saying hi to the cooks and uh-huh. making the. You come all the way out front to the front of the co- you know the cabana and they they bring the table out for him and everything. I mean, there's so many iconic pieces to this film and just again, it's just it's so well done. Yeah, I mean, I really like that. I like the fact that you know it just made me laugh that. There was a special place to go if you were uh, a special way, place to go entrance yeah. if you were, you know, a connected guy. And, you know, th- they got that table right up front when everybody else was complaining that they were still waiting. And, you know, it, it just it really shows that, you know, uh, you know, it, it's like um, it, it's that uh, fantasizing of being that guy that everybody knows, mm-hmm. likes, wants to be around, you know, and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um. All right, dude. Let's get into our ratings and thoughts on it. I mean, we've been giving a lot of our thoughts on it right now, but let's let's get into it. So we're rating this uh, on a, on top five, uh, five out of five bodies in a trunk. Uh, I'll let you go first. All right. So, um, you know, to to reiterate a lot of points, um, you know, there's the cast is just amazing. You know, you have people that are, you know, that you know were were great actors before. And after this, you know, that, you know, obviously you have De Niro, Pesci, who exude the, these characters, uh, Lorraine Bracco, Paul Sorvino, um, you know, um, Mike Starr, who's in pretty much everything under the sun, um, you know, uh, a young Tobin Bell, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, if only he would have 
you know, have amounted to anything. Uh, you know, Ray Liotta, this pretty much defined Ray Liotta for a long time, yeah. uh, at least typecast him in, in some of these roles. And, you know, Timothy Dalton has said that he took villainous roles and even hot fuzz f- because he didn't want to be typecast as the good guy or, you know, because uh, he was James Bond. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm going to take something that's goofy and not super serious and, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, just the acting, the the actors and the acting in this movie is wonderful. Uh, it's it's of a time, which I also like those. It's got historical influence in it, which, again, I also also one of my uh, one of my favorite things. A lot of details. Uh, it's tricky with a movie that's this long. Is it going to be too long? Potentially like the Irishman from what I've heard. Right. Are those details going to just kind of trip all over each other? Exactly. Is it too much? Is it not enough? You know, is it stuff that could be cut out? Like the whole, like all of They Live could have just been never released. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, there's no CG. There's practical effects. And remember, Chris, this is one year after RoboCop came out. So wow. they took the no CG route where RoboCop took the CG route. And uh, that's crazy yeah. to think about that. They were only one year apart, these two films and w- what drastic differences in, in kind of production quality. Yeah. Well, I mean, keep in mind, this movie doesn't have a cybernetic cop. Wonder what, but here's the thing. No, we'll have, we'll, have, a to, tech we'll have to have a conversation in the future. We'll have to have episodes where we just have conversations in terms of like, what would it have been like if Scorsese did RoboCop? Oh, fantasy book? Yes, dude. I love it. We'll do this in the future. Uh, anyway, I'll let you get back to your review. I have your an rating. idea about that later. So, um, you know, like I said, this, this movie has also been influential, uh, very influential to that of Quentin Tarantino amongst everybody else under the sun. I mean, how often do you see uh, a camera from the, you know, a trunk open and a camera looking up at the, at the main actors of the scene or the scene in mm-hmm. general? Uh, I mean, it is very, I think it very early, it went into the Library of Congress. You should be in the Library of Congress list. Mm -hmm. Uh, What year was that? Uh, 2000. So 10 years afterwards, 10 years after the movie came out. Um, You know, the script, uh, the story, I haven't read the script because I don't do that. That's too much work. uh, Is is solid. And even if it was, I think, flimsy, a lot of these actors... Uh, with their, you know, with their uh, pedigree and the gravitas, the gravitas that they bring to it, could have easily made chicken salad out of the proverbial chicken shit. Um, you know, there wasn't anything that was out of place. I didn't think uh, so. Uh, and the soundtrack was great. The effects, again, there weren't any that weren't weren't practical that I noticed. Um, so. I mean, this is definitely uh, a high ranking for me. Um, I don't think it's the greatest movie ever made, the greatest mob movie. I don't know because I haven't seen a lot of them to to judge it, nor have I seen Sopranos. Granted, that's a little different because it's long-form storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the subtleties, the details... Uh, a lot of the things that you don't notice on first viewing, um, Google was nice enough to tell me all about them in, in various news articles. <laughs> so uh, I think that, you know, it. yes, it is a great movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I don't think you can cut anything out of it to make it any better of a film. 
I think it would actually detract from the film. Uh, so that said, I think I'm going to have to go 4.75 out of 5 bodies in a oh, trunk. Oh, one of those bodies is missing an arm. Yeah, it's a name. It was... <laughs> Yeah, we left it at the bar. <laughs> Sorry about the mess. I didn't mean to do this on your. I didn't want to do this on your bar floor. <laughs> nice, dude. I love that quote too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, that's really good. Yeah, everything you said, I I definitely echo. I'm a huge fan of mob films. Like I said from the beginning, when I first saw Godfather, I fell in love and I became super fascinated with the American mafia. You know, the history behind it, the, the all the different kinds of characters that have have you know. In, been a part of this this lifestyle and then you know the the fictional ones like the like i said the godfather love it but then when this this movie comes out you know i i didn't see this when it was out immediately i think it was like a few a few years later i saw it on dvd obviously um but i don't know man there's something about this film that it just it feels so so i love the godfather that's to me one of the greatest films of all time but this film to me feels like it's it's a slightly more realistic in terms of what it's like to be in the mob or the gangsters you know what they were like their life um it's like a day-to-day of the guys that are in the mob but not the full, you know, they're not they're not the FBI, right. the full blooded Italians. Yeah, these guys, these guys, um, <laughs> nice. Uh, you like that? Yeah this this <laughs> film though for me is 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 iconic. You know, from the soundtrack, well, like we said, was an amazing soundtrack. A cast that just blows, you know, so many other wa- movies out of the water. Uh, a story that just if you know is based on on a lot of true events, which is more intense. Uh, but it's such a such an expertly kind of crafted piece of of art to be honest with you it deserves to be in the in the library of congress i love it i love this film i you know it was like i said as soon as it was done i had that urge immediately to start it again i kind of wanted to go back and just watch it all over again and experience it all over again um and and it's rare for me these days like when i was a kid i'd do that all the time i'd watch a movie watch it again watch it seen it a million times right nowadays as i get older and older it's it's time is more valuable to me so i won't waste time watching something over and over again uh but this is one of those this is something i can continue to watch over and over probably till the day i die um it's it's it is it's for me one of the one of the better mob movies there is i i don't think there's anything i can say about it that i didn't like to be honest and so for me it's probably obvious, but this is getting a five out of five dead bodies in a trunk. Not surprising. And um, so obviously it goes go on our DVD shelf. Yeah. Uh, again, without saying, goes without yep, yep. saying, but yes. So uh, we really danced around it a lot, you know, not, not to give a whole lot away, uh, but Joe Pesci's character, th- th- I think this sums it up. Uh, so premiere, uh, which is now defunct is a, an American film magazine um, published between 1987 and 2010 mm-hmm. and out of New York. And it lists Joe Pesci's Tommy DeVito as number 96 on the 100 greatest movie characters of all time, calling him quote, perhaps the single most irredeemable character ever put on film. <laughs> and man, I, I can't disagree. It's true. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, he's, uh, and then here's another thing. Uh, director David Chase said Goodfellas inspired him to make the HBO series The Sopranos. There you go. 
And then I'll, I'll tell you, if you've not seen it, give it a shot. I think you'd like The Sopranos. The thing I really like about it is, it, obviously, there's the mob stuff. They do all of this. You know, you're, you're seeing mob, but it's different. Whereas here we see in the movies, Godfather, Goodfellas, you know, these kinds of movies, it's we're seeing a lot of mob things happening and mob interaction, mob. Whereas in The Sopranos, you see that, but then you also see the mobster go home and then deal with his family life and like his kids going to school and you know his mother being a pain in his ass and it's 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 kind of like you see the whole picture you know what i mean and so it's it, i could see what he i can see where he came from because good when i said goodfellas is a little bit more realistic than the godfather it makes it feel more real sopranos just you know went even further and said let's see what it's like when he goes home and you know the milk is spoiled <laughs> do you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. Yeah, it's those scenes like it's like what happens when Darth Vader has to go to the bathroom. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, he walks down the hall, says hey to a couple people. I mean, <laughs> Darth Vader is a, is a bit of a stretch, but you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, here we go. Goodfellas and The Sopranos share twenty-seven actors. <laughs> that makes sense, dude. Jeez, it totally man. makes sense, man. Yeah, I mean, they could have almost made it about Paulie. In his early days, you know, because they kind of glossed over that fifty-five mm-hmm. to seventy term, you know, he did he did a stretch in jail and blah blah blah. And, yeah, you know, it's good stuff, man. It's a good film. Um, so let's talk about what the next film is we're doing. This one's not a regular film. We're actually doing our first documentary. This is gonna be interesting. Yeah, this will be a bit of an experiment, and if it fails, we're not doing this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it, we're, we're, you know you can't really discuss plot or actors or special. Ef- I mean, I don't know. Maybe do documentaries ever have special effects? I can't see that. Um, uh, I mean, we both watched it already. I yeah. think, but this one is more of a. Uh, uh, I think it has like those animated title cards. Yeah, production. So we would so, call it production. Uh, we would have to discuss it, the production of the film itself. But yeah, the the film yeah. we're looking to do. For next episode is Class Action Park. It's not really fair to ask the question, what was Action Park? Basic level, you can say it was a water slide park. But in truth, it was so much more than a water slide park. Action Park was the chaos summer park with very little oversight, too much alcohol, whistles blowing, people screaming, motors running. It was an energy. You know, you knew you were jumping into the fire pit. If you lived through Action Park, you lived through an event in your life that changed how you felt about fun. If you've never heard of Action Park, it's an impossible myth your friends are making up and exaggerating, but it was true. Yeah, I I think the the very reason people were attracted to, to Action Park was because they could get hurt. That was the allure of it. I, I'm 100% sure of it. The more you can control, the more exciting it is. I mean, who wants to sit on a Ferris wheel? At the most dangerous theme park of all time, there was a, a water slide that held one person that went in a, it, like in a flip. Now imagine getting stuck in that thing. Oh, the 360 loop is what you're talking about. It was yes. a water slide. It looked like a, a bunch of kids built it because that's what it was. Yeah, and you can find it on HBO Max on streaming or on HBO if you pay for that through your cable provider. Yep. And uh, I actually, is it just HBO Max? Um, to be honest, I'm not I sure. Be- that's how I, that's what I have. That's how I watched it. 
You can find it on the home box office somehow. Somehow, somehow somewhere. Uh, it's, it should be fun, though, because, um, like I said, we haven't done a documentary before, so it's going to be more of a discussion in terms of the topic of the documentary and then ba- basically everything we witnessed in this documentary. So check it out. Find us next week, and we'll get into it. Uh, other than that, I, I, I think I'm ready to, to, to move on. You, you have anything else you want to say about Goodfellas or anything in general? Um, I think we're good on the fellas. Um, yeah, I'm A-OK, Chris. It's time to unsilence your phones, folks.